0: Today, I sat down with John Rubino for the LearCast. We talked all about BRICS and how a potential new currency could affect the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency. Coming up on the LearCast. Welcome to the LearCast by Lear Capital, the precious metals leader. With over $3 billion in trusted transactions, The LearCast aims to keep you informed and aware of precious metals news and events affecting the economy, the dollar, and your savings. Visit our website at learcapital.com. And now, here is your host, Rachel Mills. Today's date is Thursday, September 7, 2023. Welcome to the LearCast. I am your host, Rachel Mills. Let's start off with some financial numbers. The Dow is at $34,493. Relatively steady this week. Gold is at $1,941 an ounce, even with last week's close at $1,941. Firmly in buying territory, if you ask me. Silver is at $23.22. Bitcoin is down just a bit at $25,879 down from the 27855 we saw last week. And just a little housekeeping. Neither Lear Capital nor I are financial advisors. We sell gold. We love gold and precious metals. They are very shiny. We have thoughts, opinions, and observations about precious metals, but we are not your fiduciary. We don't know your personal financial situation. And gold and silver may or may not be a good fit for you. That's entirely up to you to decide. Take our commentary for entertainment or educational purposes only. Also, spot prices are spot prices. Anywhere you go to buy or sell, Lear Capital included, they are going to sell for a spread over spot and buy at a discount from spot. That is called staying in business, which we also love. And we aim to be very transparent about that. For more information, call 1-800-816-5452. That is 800-816-5452. Visit learcapital.com, and we can tell you what your pricing would be for your exact situation. Moving on to our latest top articles. Our number one article this week is from Mises Wire. How a central bank digital currency created chaos and poverty in Nigeria, Great overview from Jan M. Fijor on this failed experiment in Nigeria with the e-Naira. Don't see a lot of outlets talking about that and what happened in Nigeria, so a lot of our readers have been very curious. That's got the most clicks this week. Second most clicked article was written by Dick Morris for Newsmax, titled, Creeping de Threat is Real. So he's another voice to add to the chorus talking about BRICS and how a new currency will affect the standard of living here in the U.S. Our third most clicked article is from Business Insider about Putin's countermeasures against foreign banks trying to exit the Russian market after sanctions have been applied. That article is titled, Russia Says It Will Not Let Foreign Banks Exit the Market Easily Unless They Unfreeze Russian Assets. Who could have predicted that? Links to these articles are in the show notes, and if you sign up for our weekly emails, these and more can be sent straight to your inbox. Visit our website, learcapital.com, to sign up and get these curated articles every week for news relating to precious metals and the economy that you may have missed. Call 800-816-5452 to speak with one of our account executives and get their latest recommendations in precious metals for either home shipment and storage, or IRA holdings. That's 800-816-5452. Now on to our interview. I recently sat down with John Rubino, famed financial analyst and author, and picked his brain about the petrodollar and how BRICS and a potential new currency could affect the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency. Take a listen. Welcome, John Rubino, to the LearCast. It is my honor and pleasure to have you today. Um, let me just give you a quick intro from your Substack. John Rubino is a former Wall Street financial analyst and author or co-author of five books, including The Money Bubble, What to Do Before It Pops, and Clean Money, Picking Winners in the Green Tech Boom. He founded the popular financial website, dollarcollapse.com, in 2004, but today, he writes on Substack at rubino.substack.com. And I love your Substack. Thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks, Rachel. Good to be on.
0: So um, this is Friday, uh, September 1st, when we're recording. And I noticed your Substack today. It's, it's great. It's basically a roundup of memes and funny things. And you start off with Oliver Anthony, who I've been very interested in as well. So um, it's it's good to laugh. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. we can't just Mm -hmm. cry all the time. So I enjoyed that today. Uh, But I wanted to talk in particular today about your article from August twenty fourth. You gave an excellent roundup of the BRICS conference and how that ended up. And um, I noticed in your subhead, you said so much for the petrodollar. And that caught my attention immediately. Can you explain that reference for people in our audience who may be unfamiliar with the term petrodollars? What is a petrodollar?
1: Well, a a petrodollar dates back to uh, the 1970s when uh, the U.S. cut a deal with Saudi Arabia. Um, We would defend Saudi Arabia from any enemy, basically make them militarily impervious. And in return for that, they would only accept dollars for the oil that they sold. And since they're the biggest exporter of oil in the world, um, that's a huge deal. And that um, went a long way to making the dollar the world's reserve currency, because if you wanted to buy oil, you had to have dollars. So everybody in the world loaded up on dollars and it gave us immense power because everybody in the world wants our currency and they will give us real stuff in return for that currency. So that allows us to, for instance run a um, cradle-to-grave entitlement system alongside a globe-spanning military empire that costs a trillion dollars a year um, because we can run massive trade deficits, basically, sending our dollars out into the world, getting real stuff in return. Um, That has changed now, or it's, it's beginning to change because um, of the rise of the BRICS coalition. Um, The BRICS stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And uh, they are emerging as kind of an anti-dollar coalition. And what happened very recently, uh, they they had a summit meeting. And um, prior to the summit meeting, they they tossed out the idea of possibly coming up with a gold-backed, reserve currency that would be an alternative to the dollar and that just had everybody uh, you know they didn't release any details or anything so everybody got to kind of fill in their own idea of what that would be like and there was this oh yeah we were buzzing
0: over that too yeah
1: yeah it was like two weeks of everybody speculating about it and uh, but it turned out to be a a bit of misdirection because while they had us all looking over there um, on the last day of their summit meeting on um, august 24th Um, They announced, oh, by the way, we're inducting Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, and Iran into the BRICS coalition. So um, what that means is that Saudi Arabia, the linchpin of the petrodollar system, is now a member of an anti-dollar coalition. And the implication is that they're going to start taking other currencies besides the dollar for their oil. And that's potentially a very bad thing for the value of the dollar, because that means... A lot of countries will not need as many dollars as they now have, and they'll dump those dollars probably by um, sending them back to U.S. to buy U.S. assets, which will make the price of those assets go up, which is the same thing as saying the value of the dollar will go down. And uh, it it takes us a little bit closer to the, the gigantic currency crisis that is out there waiting to happen anyhow. Uh, what so do the, you think
0: they might buy in the U.S.? Maybe farmland, housing. Like, what are they going to be buying?
1: Yeah, you got it. Real estate is probably the biggest thing that they'll buy, uh, which uh, foreigners are already doing that on a, a pretty big scale. But they'll just do more of it if they have more dollars to get rid of. So they'll they'll push the price of uh, Miami condos and and um,
0: sky high. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and American farmland, things like that, to the extent that they're allowed to do it and they, they won't even care
0: things. what the cost is because these dollars are about to be worthless and they're ex- exchanging dollars for something tangible like real estate.
1: Yeah, so. that that gives them um a, an incentive just to pay whatever price. And of course, they'll buy a lot of gold and silver at the same time because um yeah. one of the basic things that you do when you when you um lose faith in the currency that you're holding you want to buy forms of money that you aren't going to lose faith in. In other words, things that are going to hold their value. And that's gold yeah. and silver. For 3,000 years, they've been the world's money. And they're still the things that people go back into when they're worried about their nation's currency. So the um, the whole and, speculation and no, about it.
0: Oh, and, and no third party risk. I mean, even with these real estate purchases, if the state or the local government decides that it's illegal for, you know, someone from china to own property in the united states for example which they could do and has been done other places in the world then that real estate is subject to third-party risk from you know government not respecting their property rights but gold and silver if you hold it in your hand it's in your hand
1: (laughs) yeah that's one of the only things without uh, third-party risk because you're right land is land can be taxed it can be regulated it can be confiscated because you can't move land, you know, you can't take your farmland with you and move to Switzerland or anything, but uh, right. you you um, can hold your gold and silver and you can move it around. And uh, because of that, um, it will hold its value uh, regardless of whether the rest of the world is keeping its various promises um, vis-a-vis other assets. So yeah, gold yeah. and silver are, are, once people understand that, and I think that the good thing that came out of the, um, the BRICS meeting was that they created a discussion in the world about what a gold-backed currency would be and what gold is, you know, and um, what fiat currencies are. And Mm -hmm. when people who don't completely understand those concepts are forced to understand those concepts, that's very good for gold and silver, because once you understand these things, you clearly value real money that doesn't have counterparty risk. So yeah, it's a... A lot of good things have been happening for gold and silver lately, and the the petrodollar is one, the uh, discussion about gold-backed currencies is another, and um, the BRICS thing in general. These are all pointing towards um, an increase in demand for gold and silver and higher prices for them out there.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people that think that the dollar is going to be the world reserve currency forever and ever, they say, uh, Tina, there is no alternative. And I think what they miss, and I made this point in a recent post, that uh, the concept of a completely fiat currency being a global reserve currency is kind of a new concept, actually. Uh, Used to be gold and silver produced by various other governments were the reserve currency at the time. And, I mean, the fact is... The alternative doesn't have to be another fiat currency put out by another profligate spending government. It could be something to do with gold and silver, which would go back to 8000 years of recorded human history, you know, financially speaking. So it's a little frustrating to hear that argument and and have people say, well, what are you going to do except rubles? No, Mm. (laughs) no, it's going to be a whole different thing.
1: Well, the dollar will be around for a long time because uh, the U S financial markets are so deep and so liquid and um, the the global financial system is so dependent on dollars right now that it's not like the dollar is going to go away, but big changes.
0: Certainly not overnight. No,
1: no, not overnight, but big changes happen at the margin in markets. In other words, the, Mm -hmm. the, uh, the the last seller or buyer of something sets the price. And if, the marginal buyer loses faith in the dollar and wants to lighten up, you know, they'll still have dollars, but they're going to have fewer dollars. Uh, that can make a big impact on the markets that are related to the big currencies. So, and at the same time, you know, we're aggressively inflating away the dollar. So even if this whole geopolitical thing um, had never happened, the BRICS never happened, the petrodollar never happened, our um, increase in debt year after year at the government level and at the corporate level and at the individual level um, is going to eventually cause a currency crisis in which the dollar just falls off the table. So that's kind of baked into the cake. We've already uh, already made our bed as far as a currency crisis goes just because we've borrowed more money than we can ever hope to pay off. And that's yeah. going to lead us to rising inflation and some kind of a global currency reset at some point. And it's very possible we go back to a, a gold standard of some sort when that happens.
0: Because I mean, in the FIA world, I mean, there honestly is no alternative. Gold is pretty much, in my opinion, has to eventually be the solution. Um, otherwise we just keep kicking the can down the road and down the road. Um but that's just my
1: opinion. Well, well people talk about a commodity-based currency where, it, you know, it's based on oil or it's based on agricultural um, land or something like that. Um, and conceptually, that's, that's kind of cool, but it, it's very hard to do in practice because, right. uh, you know, gold and silver are fungible things. They, each gold coin is functionally identical to every other gold coin of the same weight. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas farmland has, is, exists in varying amounts and varying qual- quality. And same thing with oil. There's a bunch of different kinds of oil. So um, I think there will be a discussion when they're talking about a monetary reset, about whether to make it a broad-based commodity-backed currency. And they'll come to the conclusion that that's just not technically doable, and they'll end up with... Um probably gold. I mean the Bitcoin advocates um think it's gonna be Bitcoin when the time comes. I, I tend to think we'll go back to what we know and what we're experienced with and that it will be gold. So,
0: you know, it's in it's the, interesting in the- technology, the blockchain and all of that. I, I wonder if if it might be some some amalgamation of gold and uh crypto blockchain. I don't know, gold backed cryptocurrency, something like that. But anyway, well, an gold idea. is Gold is going to be front and center, I'm convinced. Um, but I wanted to go back to something you mentioned about Saudi Arabia joining BRICS. Do you really think it's an either or with BRICS membership? Is it is it either us or them? Like, can Saudi Arabia be friends with everybody all at the same time? Or in joining BRICS, is it saying something about the alliance with United States?
1: Well, it depends on how the BRICS in the U.S. Um, behave going forward. I mean, if they make an effort to get along, then it's possible to coexist. Um, But if, uh, you know, Russia, China, and India decide they just want to make a break with dollar hegemony and Saudi Arabia is part of that coalition, then it it gets a little dicier. You know, the the neocon psychopaths who run U.S. foreign policy would love to just start bombing people now over this whole thing, but they can't figure out how to do it and get away with it because it's it's one thing to... uh, to pick on Argentina or Venezuela or something like that, but to pick on Saudi Arabia when they're in a coalition with Russia and China, that's a completely different story. So it, as as far as um, the petrodollar thing goes, what what it seems to mean um, having Saudi Arabia in the BRICS coalition is that they'll still take dollars for oil, but they will also take yuan and rubles and rupees. Um, yeah. And that's that's a big change, but it's not them saying oh we don't want anything to do with the dollar it's them, them saying well we would also like to um trade in these other currencies so that's not a right. declaration of war or anything but it is a a slap in the face to the u.s kind of, and yeah. um, we don't normally take kindly to stuff like that from smaller countries so we'll see how it all goes but uh Saudi you know, Arabia is not
0: that small, though.
1: <clears throat> no, they're they're consequential. I mean, they're they're a small yeah. country, but they're very consequential in terms of the oil markets. So, yeah, you know, we don't know how this is going to play out because, it, in large part, because the guys running the U.S. are not completely rational. They're already trying actively to start World War III with China and Russia at the same time. So, um, yeah. throwing Saudi Arabia into that mix might be volatile. We just can't know, but it's not those guys' fault. It's the fault of the people running U.S. foreign policy who are not completely sane, frankly.
0: Well, when the Saudis entered into that petrodollar arrangement, it was in exchange for military might from the U.S. Is this some kind of a statement that they're not getting their end of the bargain anymore?
1: Well it's a it's a statement that the US is behaving really badly and it's scary for Afghanistan other well, oh, Afghanistan, the uh, the second Iraq war, the fact that uh, they, they kind of they've been expanding NATO right up to the Russian border. And when Russia lashed yeah. out over that, understandably, they um, they kicked Russia out of the SWIFT International Bank clearing system and they confiscated a bunch of Russian foreign exchange assets. Yeah. So now we're not neutral anymore as far as the um the global financial system goes. We're using it as a weapon. The US is using it as a weapon.
0: They're weaponizing the, the dollar. Yeah.
1: The other countries yeah. of the world are looking at, at that and thinking, wow, if they did that to Russia, they could do that to me anytime, yeah. you know. Maybe I yeah. want to protect myself somehow. So yeah. I think that's part of Saudi Arabia's motivation is they they don't want to be completely under Uh, control of the U.S. because they don't trust the U.S. anymore to to be a neutral arbiter in international affairs.
0: So what do you think that means for the dollar and for gold going forward? Will we eventually see a gold-backed currency, do you think? And if so, what does that do to the value of the gold in your pocket and the dollars in your pocket?
1: Well, one thing that's almost we're certain now is that we'll see a declining value of the dollar in terms of gold. In other words, the gold price in dollars will go up over time because the dollar is losing value. Gold isn't gaining value. Gold is just gold. It, uh, it has the same utility it's always had. But the currency in which we're valuing it, the U.S. dollar, is going to lose value as we continue to borrow more and more money and continue to create more and more currency to cover the interest on that our debts um the oversupply of dollars in the world will lower the value of the dollar and gold will go up relative to the dollar so
0: oversupply um, because there's going to be less demand because of the petrodollar system may be falling apart so therefore well, we won't be able to export our inflation so much
1: yeah well because oh, there's less demand and there's increasing supply we're we're increasing the money yeah. supply and except for just lately you know lately the money supply is shrinking because we've had to respond to the uh, 10% or 15% or 20%, whatever inflation that we had in 2022, we've got to raise interest rates to the, to respond to that. That's causing the money supply to shrink. That's a temporary thing. We cannot respond to the debt that we have without increasing the money supply. So. Yes, we'll we'll Mm. continue to shovel dollars out the door into the global financial system at an increasing rate, while the demand for dollars goes down, and that's a recipe for a falling price. Right, Uh, lower demand, higher supply equals a falling price, and that's what we'll see for the dollar going forward. Uh, And that's that's good for real assets, real things that the government can't create more of out of thin air. So farm price gets more, or farmland gets more valuable oil gets more valuable, other energy assets probably get more valuable, Uh, and gold and silver all get more valuable. Those are the things you want to own in an environment where the currency is being inflated away. So this is uh, a good time for gold bugs. You know, the the stackers of the past 20 or so years are going to be really happy with the next 10 years.
0: Yeah. Okay, good to know. Well, that's about all the time we have I really appreciate you coming on the show again. Um, talk a little bit about your Substack. Where can people find you?
1: Yeah, it's it's basically a newsletter that focuses on actionable stuff. Not, uh, you know, I cover the, all the bad things that are going to happen in the world and. And what that means for things like gold and silver and equities Mm -hmm. and bonds. Uh, But um, my focus is mostly on actionable things. In other words, what can we do about it? What uranium stocks should we own? How do you buy gold and silver? Stuff like that. And uh, I'm at rubino.substack.com.
0: Thank you so much, John Rubino. Thanks, Rachel. And let's move on to our commentary section. This is from the Lear blog from August 31st, inspired by the mugshot heard around the world, which is the image. Is the U.S. politically stable enough to maintain reserve currency status? The U.S. has been sinking in a leading political stability index for several years. The political landscape of the United States is on fire right now with the chief rival of the current administration, the presidential frontrunner in the Opposing party, being indicted, booked into a county jail, complete with mugshot, right in time for primary season. Regardless of how you perceive the charges or the ones charged, this is new territory for the United States and typically stuff you would hear about in third world countries. These are the kinds of events that mark political instability. Not only was the former and possibly future president indicted, his legal team and key members of his staff were as well. Many Americans like to stay as far away from politics as possible, but there comes a time when politics affects everything else and it can't be avoided. Fitch's downgrade of the U.S. credit rating bears that out. A major reason for this financial downgrade was attributed to political instability. may not impact your life in a huge way right now, but this is an ominous trend if it continues. It's important to note that our current political instability didn't just happen because of recent events in Georgia. This is part of a longer trajectory. U.S. ratings of political stability have taken a nosedive, according to people who track track such things. So has the perception of our fiscal responsibility and debt management. These are critical areas for reserve currency status, and our leaders should not take these downgrades lightly. Neither should you. There are reasons the rest of the world shuns the currencies of banana republics. They certainly don't keep stores of that currency in reserve. The rest of the globe is smelling the blood in the geopolitical waters A growing alliance is forming around the BRICS countries and they are beginning to organize and prepare for a weaker, uh, for a future with a much weaker, less important U.S. dollar. John Rubino's excellent recap of the latest BRICS conference, which we just talked about, is here in the links in the show notes and ends with this summary. Numerous mistakes by the West, led by the U.S., have led countries with half the global population, and 40% or more of GDP to one out of the current system. Our two biggest mistakes are thus. Number one, accumulating insane amounts of debt that can only be resolved through a brutal financial crisis and global currency reset. What sane developing country would volunteer for such a thing? And number two, weaponizing the world's reserve currency and related systems to the point that emerging nations see themselves as either current or future victims of U.S. predation. Again, who wants to sit around waiting for the inevitable sanctions slash asset theft slash CIA coup? The BRICS are, in short, a threat made in the USA, but today it went global, unquote. Will your portfolio survive in the long term if it is 100% denominated in dollars? Why not diversify into tangible precious metals that can be priced in any currency? Call us today to get started. Again, that number one last time is 800-816-5452. Thanks so much for joining me on the LearCast today. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone you know the good news about gold and precious metals and taking control of your financial future when there's very little in this world that we can control. Call us and get started today. Thanks for listening. See you next week. This has been the LearCast, a Lear Capital production. Thank you for listening.